holy name of Jesus, amen. Your pastor is at um, the convention of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod. And as we were driving, Michelle and I were driving up here this morning, I was uh, listening to uh, Reverend Dr. Harrison gavel in the beginning of the convention. So it started. The Synod made its beginning in 1847 as an official uh, church body. And it wasn't very long after that that the Synod determined that it should have its own publishing house. And so Concordia Publishing House in St. Louis still today. Why? Why should they have considered one of the most important things for our church is to have its own publishing house? The answer is so that what is written might be true. So that what is written might be trusted. Now, granted, we trust fully and completely the Word of God, Genesis through Revelation. Completely true. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But there are additional books sometimes that are written. Written about God's Word, written about God, written about the Christian life, so forth and so on. That was taking place even back then, in the, in the middle 1800s. And so Senate determined that we should have our own publishing, that we should publish our own books so that the people of God would have the truth God's holy word, and the explanation of that truth in their hands, available to them. We see the impetus for that in the gospel reading today. Our Lord Jesus Christ makes it clear that there will be those who bring lies, falsehood, false teaching, false prophets, false pastors. And his word to us today is beware. And not just beware, but don't listen to them. Flee from them. In Matthew's gospel, there are several places where Jesus makes this clear to us. In Matthew 24, that speak of the of the end times, Jesus makes it abundantly clear that there will be false prophets. He says words like this, Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. You see, that's what happens often when God's word is twisted, it's distorted, or left out. When false prophets speak according to, as Jeremiah said, according to their own words, according to their own dreams, their own visions. 
it leads to what? Lawlessness. And even in the churches, in many churches today, we see this lawlessness, a departure from God's word. You believe whatever you want to believe. You do whatever you want to do. God will be happy with you because he loves you. Jesus warns us, doesn't he? And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness leads to selfishness, self-righteousness, rather than the dependence upon the righteousness of our God, the righteousness that comes to us in Jesus, His Word, His forgiveness, His life in our lives. That's the righteousness that Jesus would give to you today is giving to you today, pouring it into your ears already, right now, feeding it into your mouths so that you deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. Lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. But then Jesus says these words. Listen to these words. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And the end will come. How do we endure to the end? Only in Jesus. Only in His Word. Only in His righteousness, His forgiveness, His grace. What you're doing right now is enduring to the end so that you might be saved and live forever. A little bit later on, Jesus says these words, Then if anyone says, Look, here is the Christ, or there He is, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus warns us. And in Matthew chapter 7 today, Jesus' words are these. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. If they're wearing sheep's clothing... How do we know they're ravenous wolves? If they look good, if they sound good, if they're appealing, if they tickle our ears, if they tell us what we want to hear, your sins are not so bad, folks. After all, there are worse sinners. Don't worry about it. God loves everybody. It's going to be okay. Everybody's going to heaven. That's just a taste of that which is false. It's all contradictory to Jesus and His Word, His work of rescuing the world from sin and death. 
God came in the flesh to die. To die with our sins so that we might have his righteousness. He came to die. The Lamb of God shed his blood so that we might be forgiven, restored. We might live now and live with him forever. He sacrificed himself for you. And he gives you the sacrifice. You see, we don't have to go out into the desert. We don't have to go to the inner room. We're not going to be pointed by some false prophet to where they say Jesus is. We know where he is, right? Jesus is in his word, every word. And that for us is bread. Because he is the bread of life and he feeds us with that word. He pours it into our ears and we need to know it. We need to know it so that we recognize those ravenous wolves that look like sheep. We need to know it so that we understand that not everyone who says, to, says something about Jesus necessarily gets it right. I mentioned in Bible class just now and I'll say it again. There's all kinds of Christian bookstores. And right away when we, when we hear Christian bookstore, we think, oh, it must be stuff in there. It must all be good. It must all be right. It must all be true. Do not believe it. Remember what I said earlier in, uh, before I started the, the bulk of the sermon today. Our, our church determined to start a publishing house so that we could be confident that what, was, what came from there was was and is true, that we can trust it as, it as it gives us Jesus, as it gives us His Word, as it explains His Word. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm here promoting, uh, that I'm a, a representative of Concordia Publishing House, um, but I am in a way. What I'm saying to you is, and what Jesus is saying to us is, Beware. Be on guard. You go into a Christian bookstore and you pick up a book that looks appealing to you or it has, maybe has a subject line that looks appealing to you. Weigh it. Weigh it against God's true word. Don't just buy it and buy into it. Or maybe, maybe not buy it. Maybe just read God's word. How well do you know this living word of God? This Word of God that the Holy Spirit brings into your ears so that you can recognize that which is false. So that you know when there is a ravenous wolf going around in sheep's clothing. At the heart of what Jesus is saying here when He says you will recognize them by their fruits, He adds these words. He says, Every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. And then he says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Well, that's ominous, isn't it? Thus you will recognize them, the teachers, preachers, prophets, by their fruits. Pastor, I love this, Pastor put on the front of the service folder today, the Sunday of the good and bad trees. 
So what makes for a good tree? Well, think about it just in terms of of a, of a tree that's planted in your yard. Does that tree exist on its own? Can it just grow without water, nutrients, sometimes with additional help? In other words, it needs to be fed, right? So a good tree, a good pastor, prophet, teacher, is one who is fed, one who is taught. That's why we have our seminaries. We have two seminaries. We have St. Louis, we have Fort Wayne. And the expectation is that the men that go there to become pastors will be fed. They'll be taught. They're not encouraged. I was never encouraged. I don't know anyone that was ever encouraged from our seminaries to just go out and and tell people whatever you think they'd like to hear or whatever would make sense to them. No. We have God's Word poured into us to overflowing. Our cup overflows so that all of God's people can hear His Word and believe it and live in it. So what makes for a good tree that can only bear good fruit then is to be filled up, simply said, is to be filled up with Jesus. To be filled up with His Word, with every word that proceeds from His mouth. And that it might come out of the mouths of those who have been given to speak. There is good fruit. And then it goes into your ears. It goes into your ears for your sake, but also so that your mouths can work. So that you can speak of Jesus to your family. Each spouse to spouse. and To your children. To your neighbors. To those that you work with. So that that good fruit, as you're filled up with Jesus, so that that good fruit goes out into the world. The truth that is Jesus and the salvation that he's accomplished for us by his suffering, his death and resurrection, the truth that Jesus lives, that we don't have a dead God, we don't have a wooden or a stone God, we have a living God, we have a flesh and blood God who determines above all things not to destroy us, to love us, to forgive us, to give us a new opportunity to live that we might return to Him constantly in repentance and in faith and receive so great a salvation. Bad trees. Bad trees are already what I've talked about. Those who are filled up with the words of the world or even worse, the words of of Satan himself. Words that are contrary to God's Word. Words that contradict God's Word. A sampling of God's Word, but not every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what happens in so many churches today. They just pick and choose what they want from the Bible. Ah, this is no good to us anymore. This is only related to the culture back then. Therefore, we're not going to pay any attention to it. And all of that leads back to Jesus. All of that leads back to who He is and what He came to do, what He did, and what He gives to us today. Simply said, sinners in need of a Savior. Sinners in need of Jesus. That's the church.
And we need Jesus to live. We need Jesus to live forever. So everything constantly is pointing us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's task, even right now, truly, the Holy Spirit's task is to point us to Jesus. To bring to, as Jesus says, to bring to our remembrance everything that Jesus said and did so that we might be forgiven and live. The Father is the one who sent the Son as we so joyously sing and confess it at the time of Christmas, the incarnation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Bad fruit is always about self. It's about self-righteousness. It's about selfishness. And the one who looks like a sheep but is, ravenous, is a ravenous wolf inside is only concerned about himself. Give me more money. Send more money. And sadly, this is true, sadly many times their buildings are full because they fooled too many. And people flock to this false shepherd. We pray repentance for us and for them that they might see Jesus anew, that they might hear him anew, that they might receive him anew. Because there's consequences. Jesus says so. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. That we would misuse God's word, that a pastor would misuse God's word. Herein is the judgment that Jesus is pointing to. That any of us would misuse God's word. Beware. That's the beginning word, isn't it, from Jesus? Beware. He says, repent, return, come back. He clarifies it even further. Jesus does. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. God's word leads us. God's grace, his forgiveness leads us then to live according to that word. We don't do it perfectly, do we? That's the, that's the standard that God gives is perfection. You're sinners. So we must return We must come back in repentance to be restored, to be resurrected so that we can live, so that we can continue on in that word. Uh, People today scoff at Christians who live lives of true repentance and faith. They, They refer to us as hypocrites. Oh, you're a Christian. You should be better than that. Our only response can be like the one who stood in the temple next to the Pharisee, and said, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Jesus says, on that day, on the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? Were we not baptized in your name? Were we not confirmed with your name? And yet we didn't believe it. We didn't live it. We bought into the lies The devil, Satan himself, is the father of lies. Rather than relying upon the truth, God's word is truth. Jesus is truth. And Jesus says, I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers 
of lawlessness. There it is again. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are inundated with lawlessness. We are surrounded by selfishness. We observe that there are many who flee to the false teachers, to those who speak words that they want them to say, rather than pointing to the fact that we are sinners in need of a Savior, rather than pointing to Jesus as our Savior, rather than saying boldly that Jesus is with us always to give us forgiveness. They speak words that contradict Jesus. They speak their own words. And so Jesus says to pastors today and to those who have ears to hear, beware. Trust in Jesus only. Trust in His Word alone. Read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest Jesus' Word. Know it so that you can recognize the bad fruits, the false teachers, the ravenous wolves, and even better, so that you can return as a sinner to your Savior to your Jesus, and live now and live with him forever. In in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Jesus Christ, your Savior. Amen. We rise to sing and pray that our Lord would create in us clean hearts and renew a right spirit within us. Amen.